Hello and welcome back to an entertaining edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Tim Kawakami is with me, by the way. I think we just watched the best regular season basketball game, at least that the Warriors were involved in this season. Uh, yeah, that's what I call it. The best end-to-end playmaking, tension, drama, shot making, all those things. Absolutely. It did, somebody tweeted to me and it did, reminded me of the 2016 game in Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, obviously a lot less on the line, but that was a Saturday night. You know, I think the, it was the first Saturday night prime game. And Mike Breen on the call with Van Gundy and, and Mark Jackson and just going back and forth, Steph going crazy, uh, Steph twisting his ankle. <laughs> I mean, I guess that was his knee at that time, but it just felt like it was going to come down the wire. It was going to be frantic action, and that's what it was. It was, it was a very entertaining game. Warriors lose, uh, but it was a very entertaining, very well-played game. Yeah, and you know there there were fans there, which Steve Kerr mentioned post game. There's been fans at some of these games, and there will be fans at Chase Center coming up. But I mean, you could kind of feel the environment a little bit, and that's what's really been missing this season. Is sometimes we forget about it as we analyze these like sterile environment games. But that felt like an ABC Saturday Night yep. game. Uh, it was you know it kept your attention, and you know the Warriors had a, obviously a very interesting season up and down, and so many storylines and, and and plenty of coverage and attention around the team, and there have been some some good finishes and some disastrous finishes for them, but I would yeah that was to me the the first one like I don't I consider that like it it's obviously a painful loss for them because Steph's leaving with a hobbled ankle and, and wants Scott Anderson, which we can get to the play that he suffered a concussion on, which was a crazy hustle play. But, you know, he's probably, I assume, going to miss at least one game. Um, but in general, you don't walk out of that, like, you know, thinking, you know, that's the, I'm used to these national TV games this season. They were getting, like, embarrassed, blown out. And this was, like you said, a well-played game. You don't get the win. But... You know, I I think we can get to some of the late game stuff that happened, but I don't necessarily like they they still to me as long as Steph is not out for a little while are in a good place. And and this just they play like this know. they play like this or even close to this for what is it sixteen games left the regular season they're they're in the postseason when whatever we want to call the play in whatever slot they're in they're in it. And then, do you, do, you know, who wants to play Steph in in, in a one and one and out right? Who who, who wants to play Steph? In, in any of those games, and if they happen to get through, who wants to play them in a playoff series? Uh, that that's where they are right now. They are at their maximum of it because I mean we all understand why they were playing Wiseman. We all understand. I thought they should have played Wiseman more, but without Wiseman, they are at their maximum for 2021. Right? This is their best version for right now. Not their best version for next season, the season beyond, whatever. You know they're not developing, quote unquote, and we all understood that, and I think we all thought they should have done more of it. But you take him off the floor, and we can get into this. You take Kelly Uber off the floor. I'm not saying that he's a, a negative, but not a you know not having him hasn't hurt them. I'll put it that way. Uh, and this is kind of their best flow they've been in this season. I think these last four or five games. And it's no surprise is when you take Wiseman and Oubre off the floor. They could have used Oubre tonight. I'm not saying they couldn't. You could have used another defensive player. They ended up playing Gary Payton second. And he probably played, he played like six minutes, something like that. And he played well. Uh, but they could have used a veteran to go guard somebody. 
but I think this version of them, which they are in now, which they've been trying to searching and searching and kind of accidentally found this, this is their best version. Would you agree? Like, this is the best they can be this season. Yeah, and, you know, they hadn't won four games before this, and then they just went and played a Celtics team who had won five in a row, now have won six in a row, and, and I know they didn't have Jalen Brown, which I thought was a, you know, it was a break for the Warriors, but yeah. the way Tatum played, the way the Celtics played in this game, like, you know, the Warriors played well enough to have won a fifth straight game. And that is something this season that has not been there at all. Is any type of like, you know, five game, a five game consistent stretch of good basketball, which is what they've had, is like a season high, <laughs> you know, a stretch of consistent basketball. And I don't know where I want to go first, but I mean, you mentioned that the Ubre. Um, situation. So Kerr pregame still not yet ruled Kelly Oubre out. The thought, you know, I th- know he went through a workout yesterday during their off day in Boston, tried to go through shoot around today, and there was a thought he might play tonight. And, and like I said, 90 minutes before tip, Kerr's not ruling him out. But then I asked, like, well, if Kelly can't play tonight, will he start? And he said, no, we're playing well, and Kent Bazemore was going to start. So they were going to bring Kelly Oubre off the bench. I don't know if this loss changes it. Kent Bazemore, who I definitely want to get to with you because I believe you're writing a Kent Bazemore story yes, coming yes, up, had a very Kent Bazemore game where I think he had 14 first-half points and was like doing some really good stuff, kind of rainbowed in a couple threes, made a couple hustle plays. But then also like you know some poor fouls at times, a couple turnovers, a couple shots he probably shouldn't have taken, and then he missed two free throws, like two absolutely crucial free throws down the stretch. It was like, you know, for the minimum, they have gotten a terrific season out of Camp Bazemore. But the funny thing is we're sitting there going, well, now that Kelly, you know, should he play over Kelly Oubre? That's a more stable veteran force. But it's like, is there anything really stable about the way Kent Bazemore plays either? No question. The stuff that he does wrong is visible, and it was not good. The free throws are killer. So was the Draymond missed layup, by the way. Uh, and, you know, if they, if they had Toscano Anderson out there instead of, you know, with a concussion and out, I, I think it probably would have been better than Bazemore at some point. Uh, but they also needed someone to guard uh, Kemba Walker and or Jason Tatum, and then that tends to be more the, the Bazemore thing. You know, again, he's, he's an up-and-down player who just seems to – what I'm writing is he, he fits with Draymond and Steph. That's, you know, we've seen a lot of guys come through here, young guys, veterans who don't fit with Draymond and Steph. And there's things he does that they're they're acts of commission. He's doing things instead of act of omission. He's not kind of, you know, reluctant to do things. Sometimes he does it too much. He's got, you know, he fouls way too much. He dribbles off his foot, all these things. But he's willing to take these shots. He's willing to go guard somebody. And in some really intriguing way, he reminds me of the way Barbosa helped this team early in the dynasty. Different, totally different player. Barbosa was much more offensive player. Baseball is much more defensive player. But it's just like this kind of, they have this freedom. They feel like they can go shoot the ball, go do something, even with Steph and Draymond on the floor with them. And we've seen, we can name the players, uh, Nick Young, Omri Caspi, Jordan Bell, whatever, who who couldn't do Patrick that. Patrick McCaw. And, Patrick McCaw and and Bazemore does those things and minus eleven tonight wasn't good at the end. I'm going to be the first person to say that, but the stuff still had the ball still finds him. He still plays 32 minutes in what we're saying was the most you know the best most entertaining action packed game of the season. There's a reason for some of this. The ball moves around with him. Things happen with him. Some of it good, some of it bad. 
But I think uh, I've been saying, you know, how long I've been saying this later. Like, I just think he's as valuable as Kelly Oubre. I haven't said more. Maybe I'll say more. But I think he's as valuable as Kelly Oubre, and he fits this group better than Kelly Oubre. Yeah, Oubre's closing in on a return, and I'm just, you know, maybe and, and maybe Oubre does slide back into the starting spot against Philadelphia because, hey, if Steph's not playing, then the whole concoction changes. We'll see. Against yeah. Steph Curry, I should get to sprain his ankle in the middle of the fourth quarter looked like a pretty Looked bad, bad lefty roll yeah. um and he yeah. like you know at first he was you know he crumbles to the floor while the ball is still in play it turns into a jump ball and he's like really just trying to test it out afterwards like can i play on it decides he can but he was you know he hits i think three threes after he sprains the ankle in the last six minutes like so still was productive but his his like step was gone that first step he couldn't get anywhere he can still rainbow in a three but i'm not sure he even like broke the three-point line in the last six minutes um so you know i will see how it responds overnight he said it was like one of his usual roles and he thought it was a good sign that he could keep playing on it but as we all know like playing on it is a lot easier than what it, you know what it'll feel like tomorrow when it kind of seizes yeah. up a little bit overnight. So um, that's one of the injury uh, factors we should talk about tonight. The other one uh, I mentioned, JTA, is actually right after Steph hurts his ankle, decides to stay in the game. There's kind of a scramble situation where I think I believe it's an offensive rebound. Draymond tips out towards the scorer's table on the sideline. JTA flying, throws it back in goes over the top of, of the scorer's table, which is a different scorer's table because there's no stands or anything. It, was, it kind of felt like an NCAA tournament like sideline, yep. right? Yep. You know, laptops and tables and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he hit his head on there. It didn't seem to be a clear view, but at some point he hits the back of his head, gets a gash that needed stitches post game, and, you know, they, they did test and deem that he has a concussion. And, you know, it's, the league is pretty strict about the, the protocols you have to pass before being allowed back on the court. Um, and that's a loss. You know, Draymond mentioned a post game. I mean, like they were really like in one way it was like, man, they love what Juan does. This was the epitome of, of JTA, like, you know, throwing his body on the line for the team. But at the same time, like he's, th this really hurts them. You know, he, it, he misses the final six minutes when he probably would have closed and he's, and with their big man situation in complete flux, they're about to go play Joel Embiid on Monday. Sounds like he's probably not going to play at this point. Yep. Well, it was an incredible play. Hell, hell. I mean, just, you know, it wasn't false hustle at all. It was just flat out pure hustle. Uh, you know, understanding that who knows where he was going to end up getting the ball back in. It does lead to a yeah, step three. That's the, that's the other thing. Uh, leads yeah. to, I should say, leads to a step three. Yep. I mean, just at a very crucial time. Uh, and, and, man, the Warriors have been hit by this open, you know, midcourt, right? I mean, the staff goes up into the stands. Bangs his tailbone and JTA, like normally there would be a scores there, right? He would kind of bump into them and not flip all the way over maybe. Uh, here, socially distant, there's nobody to stop him. Uh, but it was, a, you know, he knows that doing it. And it was a it was a brave play to, to throw your body like that and, and give him full credit for it. That's why, he, that's one of the reasons he's earned himself a spot on this team. Earned him, certainly earned himself a He's part of their best thing. He's part of this run, which is them at their best for this season, uh, and it was a great thing. No, no, no. We'll see what happens. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the lineup now? And Pascal's not ready yet. I have no idea. But um, you know, maybe they even have to sign somebody. But then you'd have to protocols with that. I don't know. <laughs> but just part of a fascinating game 
uh, and all these things layering up in the fourth quarter. You know, what was a huge play, Slater? It was the, the challenge. It was a huge play. Uh, because otherwise it would have been Steph getting three shots. I think they were up one at the time. Uh, could have put them. I think they were even up more than that, maybe. And they could have put them up, you know, a significant amount. We and good challenge, correct challenge. But if that doesn't happen, uh, or or Steph makes the three, I think the Warriors win that game. I, I I look back on it. I mean, obviously the free throws and and the Draymond miss and the the uh, the Marcus Smart three obviously was humongous. But well, they gave him enough that time challenge, for it, didn't they? Taking, taking, taking three free throws off the board for the Warriors, which was Steph, you, although he missed two tonight, but you still are assuming three free throws. Humongous, just humongous. A, a lot of these fascinating little things, again, which reminds me of the Oklahoma City you know, 2016 game. There's just so many little intricacies. Uh, I guess nobody challenged Kurt to a fight at halftime. But other than that, uh, there are some, some real sharp similarities. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. One of the um, more, I guess, potentially harmful aspects of the Steph Curry ankle twist for the Warriors is the idea that this might slow him at what is literally the hottest statistical stretch of his career. He's through nine April games averaging 39.9 points. So we'll just say 40. He's averaging 40 points in April on uh, 55, 50, 90 shooting splits. I believe we have 47 tonight. I think. Yeah. 40, another 47 tonight. He had, um, He's made 62 threes this month, and nobody else in the NBA has made more than, I think, 41. Uh, somebody put a stat out there that this week he had more threes than, like, five teams had threes this week, including, you know, the stat that was, like, popping up the last week or so, I think, when he had his first, you know, I think against the Nuggets he had 10 threes, uh, I believe, and uh, they put up the stat that Steph Curry has made has 18 games in his career of 10 or more threes. And I think nobody else in the history of the NBA has more than like five. And I think it's Clay Thompson. Um, And then he went out and did it twice more this week. So he now has 20 and three of those 20 were this week, you know? So, you know, he, he's, and he did this through the tailbone injury and, and look again tonight, he sprains the ankle and still hits three big threes after spraining the ankle. But the idea that either number one he might not play against the Sixers and 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 who knows when he might we might see him again. But also even if he does play coming up, like this does have the chance to kind of slow him a little bit, and that that's hurtful for the Warriors because he's as hot as as we've ever seen him. Yep, yep. You know, and you know he could theoretically miss a game, and 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 we'll see. You know, hey, he this this hot streak is happening after coming back from the tailbone, so. Who knows with him? I, I don't put any parameters on what Steph Curry can do. Although then you if you add the ankle to the tailbone, you know maybe there just becomes an accumulation. It's understandable. This has been an unbelievable stretch. Maybe it'll continue. Maybe it won't. Uh, but I think more than anything, it just it, what we've talked about all season. It just it it adds to what you think his prime could be because. We didn't think it was going to be this high right now. You know, it, it, you, I thought there would be great games, but also some lulls. 
uh, as, as you would imagine from a 33-year-old guard. But that has not happened. He's gone higher, or at least as high as he's been. He's been right there with the 2016 unanimous MVP, Curry. If they were winning more, he would be, I think he would win the MVP with, with this kind of season. That's okay. You don't you don't give it to a team that's in the ninth seed. You give it to the team that's in the top three seeds. But this has been a remarkable stretch. We'll see. The ankle is always part of the Steph Curry story. Uh, but I think it just adds to what you can imagine might happen next season uh, with Clay Thompson back. We'll see with draft picks. That's how I view it. Uh, kind of the you know what they always do. Whatever happens with Wiseman, we'll see. They always have this to go to. They just, they have this for at least for a little while longer. They have the, like, just spread it out, open the floor, Steph, go. And he can do this against teams that are lined up to stop him, that are double teaming him. And he gives it up and gets it back and hits the three. Uh, this is still there. And it was something special. See, we gotta, we gotta say that Jason Tatum was, was just as good. Um, just remarkable shot make. He made tougher shots, something well, except for the lefty thing that Steph threw up there, which was unbelievable. He looked like but a some of those like this. He looked like a legit one A on a title contender tonight, yes. which which he has looked at times. Yeah, uh, you know Tatum did that in the bubble a few times, sometimes not. But man, this one was he scored every way possible, driving the ball lefty righty in the corner to beat the buzzer at the top of the key. I mean, just everything. And the Warriors had hands in his face. I mean, Wiggins guarded him most of the time, and he was there on him. Uh, other guys, you know, Draymond had him, and he was just going, you know, around him. It wasn't bad defense in any way. It was just spectacular offense. So when some of the best offense, you know, it was just a Doncic level or Harden level offensive performance. And I, and I say those two because they're both kind of bump you around, get through here, and also hit from long distance. It was spectacular. It really was spectacular. Uh, and, you know, just to watch him and Steph going at it back and forth was was, was incredibly entertaining. Yeah, I, I thought they lost, the Warriors lost the game in the end of the second quarter, actually. It was a 10-0 Boston run in the last one yeah, with Steph and Draymond on. Yeah, that's with Steph and Draymond on the floor, too, yeah, by the way, that, which was, you know, you don't normally see that. Yeah, and eight of those 10 points for Tatum, you know, and, and yep. not only, yep. you know, you, everything you mentioned is right. And a lot of those buckets you're talking about were just timely. Like they were at the right moments. Um, yeah, he, he, he was really good. Um, anything else from this game? I mean, you might, well, you know, the second unit played well. I mean, I think you, 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 you tweeted out the plus minus, like what, plus four or plus whatever it two. was. Well, uh, it was like they were plus yeah. six. So, so they when Steph left at the end of the third quarter, they were actually minus four in, in Steph's minutes. And then there was a moment in the early in the fourth where at that point the Warriors were up three. And it was like two. So they're plus seven at this point as, as a cumulative second unit. But. They had a, you know, and then you were like, well, should he rush Steph back in at the eight minute mark? Well, the second unit is playing well. He, you could try to steal another minute or two. And right then, boom, boom, I think Tatum might have hit a three. Um, yep. And yep. and it, and so it ended, ends up cumulatively, they were a plus two as a second unit. And you know what? That, yep. Even though the end wasn't great, that's doing their job. And I think Jordan Poole should be mentioned there. He just, you know, yep. he his job on this team 
is to score when steps off the floor. I would say that's like his primary responsibility. And tonight he was succeeded at that primary responsibility. You still see with Jordan Poole the areas of needed growth. He's he's just in a game that feels like a playoff atmosphere. You can feel him getting thrown around a little bit, right? He's just still twenty one and a and a combo guard who doesn't necessarily love the, the the physical fray. And I'm actually writing a big Jordan Poole story this week and part of it will be on that with the way they're trying to grow him defensively. But at the same time, you see it tonight. Like when he's just, hey, you need a butt basket and steps off the floor. He has a nice like lofting floater off the glass. He had an and one early in the fourth quarter on Kemba Walker. Like they just need scoring with steps off the floor. And, and he, he provides it better than guys they've had for years, really. No question. And it's finding buckets, right? It's not like just, hey, wait, I'll be open and I'll shoot. It's like it's measuring, dribbling around, figuring out how to get here and then putting something up off the glass over somebody. Now, he did miss the big three, you know, open three in transition at the end of the game. That happens. If you become a very valuable player, you have to hit that shot. But that's, you know, again, that's that's down the road. This isn't game six and you know, in, in Boston, the finals, this is a regular season game when the Warriors aren't going to win a championship. But um, he, he, is, he is getting into that spot where you're expecting these points, and that's a good thing. You know, you expect Jordan Poole to go find a couple buckets to get fouled and make his free throws. And that's, I mean, very obviously very, very important for that second unit right now. Uh, and, you know, Damian Lee did not play very well, so he was pulled out of the second unit, Gary Payton, to get you know the second gets gets in there but other guys play well Wiggins you know again he didn't have the greatest offensive game but he was fine and I think exerting a lot of his energy on defense I just thought the second unit you would thought you know this would be a night when a second unit would have trouble now in Boston's second unit is different without Jalen Brown and they've mixed things around but still a very talented team and the Warriors second unit held its own and at times looked very good and and if you look into the future, if you look to say, how is this team shaping up, not just for the rest of the season, but in the next season, if they can fashion anything out of that second unit, if Jordan Poole can carry you with five buckets at a time, that that's pretty big. That That is one big thing. This was the biggest, which is, this has got to be the most playoff-like atmosphere they've had in a while. Yeah. And Jordan, and Jordan Poole, like on his own, found a couple buckets. That That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and Kerr mentioned that post game. Like he, that's probably what he loved the most about this game was was that young guys could feel that. You know, this is the yep. physicality. This is the somewhat of like the crowd pressure too. Um, and they've been a, in a they've been a terrible road team this season, and they're on the road and you know in a somewhat hostile environment. I was thinking, man, it would be really interesting to see Wiseman uh, in this kind of moment. But I also was thinking he might have been really bad in this one. <laughs> you know, like, this didn't feel like a Wiseman steps up game. What do I know is hypothetical, uh, but I would have been interesting to see what he would he, he would have done. Yeah, I um, mean, they're missing a lot of of useful Wiseman moments, as as we know, yes. the last twenty games. We don't yes. need. I mean, yes. it's been now hashed and rehashed. It's so for really the last twenty games. Or now, what would you say, 16 plus probably the play in? We can kind of forget about Wiseman. Um, but then that looms very large into the summer and beyond, and it will be a, a, a hot topic really once the season ends. But as me and Marcus talked about on the last podcast, the while the long term has been complicated by the Wiseman situation and the injury, the immediate gets simplified. They just are going to go yes. try to win uh, and, and win how they've been playing. And 
tonight was a bad night standings wise. Memphis actually went into Milwaukee and won, right. and Giannis was playing. And San Antonio won in Phoenix, and those are the that's the team directly ahead of them in the standings, and the team directly behind them. So, um, a little bit of a rough night. But at the same time, you look, I think they're in prime position to get into the play, and they're not going to climb to sixth. I don't think just if you look at the Spurs schedule compared to theirs, or, or the Pelicans, who are a few games behind them. I don't think either of those teams are a threat necessarily to jump them. So I think the Warriors' goal at this point should be to get in the 7-8 side of the play-in, which is the you hit, you get two games to win one. Compared to yep. if you're in the 9-10, you have to win two games to get in. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at like just get one home game. However it works, get one that home game. That would be um, the being on the 7-8. Although if you're 9, yeah. you you do yeah, get that 9-10 yeah. home game. Yeah, 9 hosts 10. So, uh, you know, I, I think that I think that would be somewhat – and just getting 9, and I know that they're not going to throw up a banner for getting a home game in the play-in tournament. But I just feel like that would uh, – Chase Center with some fans in a postseason situation I think would be interesting. Just for my curiosity, that's what I would want yeah. to see. But if, like, so if say, they say, get say eight, they get... though, you you do go on the road yeah. for the first one. But if you lose, you get a home game. And okay, you if go. you there win, you, you get at least two home games because you got a first round. You know, yep. so yeah. any any formula where they get a home game in the postseason, I think I I will mark that as success. I'm saying it right now. That's that's the Tim Kawakami market success. The Warriors get a home game. In the Tim Kawakami just wants to walk to a playoff game. That's what he wants to do. <laughs> he, he, hey. When, hey, hey. Uh, you know, two mile walk, three mile walk. Nobody does. Uh, but anything else? Uh, you know, like I said, Philly and, and Washington. The next two games, I was kind of, I right when Steph sprains the ankle and decides to play, I'm like, man, they're going for this one, and it just felt like because how hobbled yeah. he was, it ratcheted up the pressure because it was like, you get this one, you could pretty much say he's not playing Monday. You punt the Philly game. Now the Philly game feels a little more important because you, you try not to string two losses in a row and suddenly the road trip turns into a 2-2 and Washington is the swing game on Wednesday. I don't think that will determine if Steph plays Monday or not, but um, that is just regardless, that's going to be an extremely difficult game. Embiid is back, scored 39 the other day. They don't have bigs besides the Looney. Um that I'm very much expecting to be a loss, which means Wednesday against the Wizards is pr- the game I think will determine if this was a successful road trip or not. Yeah, and and it kind of was always shaping up that way, wasn't it? I mean, it always kind of looked like that. Well, tonight would have give it, set them up really t- Tonight, well. but I, I don't think either one of us were, were counting on that one as a Warriors victory. Uh, as as it, was, it was, a you know, it was a slider. You didn't know, but. Uh, I was just, you know, again, they get Washington at the end of the play, at end of the uh, end of the uh, road trip. Who knows if they're going to be beat up or not beat up? And you know, their motivation should be high after losing that ridiculous game to the Wizards last week or whenever hell that was. Uh, but we'll see. And you know, if they play like this, they should, you know, they'll be in there with the Wizards or beat the Wizards if they play like this. And I think they're going to play like this. And again, depending on who's healthy, obviously without Steph, it's a different story. Gary Payton II goes for 26, 15, and 10. This was the final <laughs> day of his first 10-day contract. The sense I'm getting is they will, they're expected yeah. to sign him to a second 10-day. Yeah. That has not been officially well, they, de- determined. They need bodies. I mean, they, 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 do, need, they do need bodies. They need defense. Uh, 
Yeah, and Michael Mulder, yeah. the yeah. DMP. Look, he but, didn't put Mulder yeah. in today. He didn't put Nico Mannion yep. in today. And yep. that wasn't because yep. he ne- he wanted to give Gary Payton a look on the last day of his 10-day. He truthfully thought Gary Payton was a better option at the time. It probably was. Yeah, it probably was just too. because of defense. And, you know, yep. you know, sometimes he's thought Mulder's a good option because of shooting. But yep. that's just sh- like Gary Payton's clearly at this point of, you know, and he's he's a lot older, is a better NBA player than Nico Mannion. So. He like tore away a, a like, offensive rebound or something. Like, like, just, like I think it was Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Kind of was like Jeez, problem, yeah. that was that was uh, that was like father there. It was like I mean the Warriors don't have guys who do that except for Draymond. It was like just tear the ball away from somebody. That was Iguodala like you know that was like NBA strength. And I just like whoa! I just took notice like that. That hasn't happened a lot with this Warriors team, and it used to happen. You know, when you watch Iguodala, just the ball would get torn out, and there's Iguodala with the ball. So there you go. GP two is the next Andre Iguodala. That, that's the, I, that's the conclusion. I think we're going to conclude the podcast with that take, and just everyone can <laughs> sit on that one for a couple of days as the Warriors decide to give him a second ten day contract or not. <laughs> uh, I will talk to you uh, probably Monday night uh, after the Philly game, and and I would expect news on Curry by later tomorrow once they get a sense of just like how he woke up how the ankles feel and he'll get some treatment on sunday i i assume he won't practice but um we will see and the big kent and the big kent baysmore story yes tomorrow. everyone right. look yeah. for that um <laughs> as, as tim drives that baysmore bus to to hopefully some uh it might, some that subs. might be the resolution of it yeah I might, I might not do it anymore it brought me to to this column so there you go and i'm, I'm happy to do it all right well everyone look out for that and enjoy your sundays we'll talk to you uh, later this week